Today's episode is brought to you by Tor Johnson Records, whose newest release is the Fitness 7-inch by Northeast Regional. This release shows Northeast Regional leveling up from a solo project to a full-blown band, and Fitness benefits from writing as a group, as well as getting to play some live shows before recording. The songs on Fitness build on Lungfish's Less Is More songwriting approach, but increase the BPMs in lieu of hypnotic arpeggios. The three-guitar attack from Jeff Byers, Mike Morris, and James Dubeck echoes Rocket from the Crips heavy rock riffs, Party of Helicopters metallic leads, The Hive's hyperpunk energy, Miniger's sense of melody, and even elements of Danzig that all coalesce into a colossal wall of sound. Check out the first track, Agencies, on the Tor Johnson Bandcamp and pre-order the record now. The first 30 copies get an extra special gift. After that, head over to torjohnsonrecords.com and check out the thousands of records across all genres available in their web store. Hello and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn and we have a great show lined up for you today. Before we get started though, I'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash human machine. You can sign up now and get a free download code for the snag coma regalia split. In addition to that, I just dropped something really big there yesterday that I hope people are really going to enjoy. Sign up for as little as $3 and listen to some music, read some comics, and help the label and the podcast grow. And now I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing Francis by Versus Self featuring my pal Kyle Schlinker on guitar and maybe vocals. There's a lot of changes happening with this band and the song you're hearing is the start of that. Check out the conversation for more. like these cassettes and they were like four children they were like these little I guess comedy children songs or something like one of them was about a dog with an ice cream cone it was like a dog it was specifically a dog ice cream cone the other one was like called hot rock and iguana <laughs> so so I like had those tapes as a kid um uh and then I don't know, there was stuff like in the parents with my, or in the car with my parents, like they would be listening to The Offspring or uh, Dookie by Green Day or uh, No Doubt, um, stuff like that. Uh, 
but yeah, like basically once I got like tired of those tapes that I had, um, I figured out like my brother told me like, Oh, if you like stuff cotton into the tops, into like the tabs of these, um, tapes, you can put them into your tape player. Like I had a tape player slash radio and you can record over them. And like, I don't, I don't know why specifically he said cotton. Cause I figured out later, like, it's just the, the player is like looking to see if there's a tab or not. So you could just mm-hmm. like put a piece of tape mm-hmm. and record over any tape. Um, but yeah, so I used to like just sit by the radio and like record over tapes that I didn't want anymore with like whatever song was on the radio at the time that I wanted to hear more than hot rock and iguana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now you kind of wish you did have hot rock iguana and uh <laughs> ice cream dog uh because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um yeah, I don't know. I mean like I'll have to you know do some digging into this and see if I can find those songs. Sometimes you know we can we can use the uh, power of technology to, to, you know, see if we can get these things to resurface. Usually, a, a YouTube video or something. Where, I mean, it's like you you can find practically anything except if you if it's really important. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like yeah, you can find the Pizza Hut ad from when you were six. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, but like, but that, <clears throat> but like this. You know, your friend who was in Screamo bands in, like, uh, 2001 in Chicago, whose, like, band name is, like, The Conductor. Like, you're not finding that. Like, no, you're not finding it. It's just not happening. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. um, Yeah, it's it's funny how often um, people talk about, like, uh, a song they they remember from the radio or whatever, and and um, it's usually like yeah, that's that's the thing. But I think all of us have had some uh, version of dog ice cream cone or whatever, because yeah. like that's really the way that a lot of it's just like you don't necessarily remember that first when you're asked like song, and it's like. My kids, like, their first music that they got into, like, was, like, Weird Al. Like, they'd be, like, play yeah. that Weird Al song, you know, or whatever. Like, Yeah. And I think anything, anything like, comedic kids yeah, are going to be yeah. drawn to. Because I definitely, like, was interested in Weird Al and stuff. And eventually, it wasn't until, like, middle school that I got, like, I my brother gave me one of his old Weird Al CDs or something. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if I ever heard it on the radio or like on TV or something, there was like a video, I'd be like super into it. Yeah. And that's the way, that's, that's how we gotta, we have to start making a screamo that is like accessible to early, early, you know, like, so make a screamo that's like about a dog and an ice cream cone or, you know, or the, a screamo that's some kind of, uh, borderline meme, you know, which yeah, I feel like there's some bands that are so good at the like uh, social media aspects of um, 
that that like we're not far off from from that but <laughs> i was i was gonna say i feel like versus self is pretty close to that like we're we don't so like i feel like we're not very good at social media like but social media has helped us a lot like none of us are on tiktok but like through tiktok a lot of younger people have found our music and we also have dogs on the cover so we're we're, we're very close very close yeah <laughs> almost there almost there yeah plus you have very not min not necessarily minimalist uh songs or like um minimalist like instrumentation necessarily but the presentation is sort of minimalist in that there's not like an extra guitar or a bass you know or anything mm -hmm. so i feel like that that that's kind of like would be easier for kids to wrap their heads around as well and it's yeah. like especially like there's a lot of clean you know clean tones and stuff and mm -hmm. like the the parents wouldn't immediately just slam it off you know yeah i think honestly in our whole everything we've released so far there's like one cuss we did a one cuss that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's um <clears throat> i mean we have like we have like hundreds of songs at this point like i mean i say hundreds it's like 200 and something so mm -hmm. it is hundreds technically, but hundreds really sounds like you're talking about like five or something. But um, I think even just getting to the 100 point, you're already like, you can say hundreds if you want. Okay. Like that's way well, more than anyone's, most people are getting to. Yeah, I it's, um, but I think there's like, I don't know. There's less than three, I think. I, yeah. I, I know there, I know specifically that for a long time, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And when I do it, it'll feel like a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. And and then I did it. I'm pretty sure I've done it since then. But like other projects, like I just I'll cost like a motherfucker. I don't, you know, like yeah, I it'll just be in the, like especially felony for existing. Like they'll just be f bombs everywhere. Like I'm yeah. I'm ready to cuss when it comes on that because it's like first of all I didn't plan on doing all these vocal tracks like. You know, deadlines came up and people couldn't make things happen. And so I'm doing eight songs. So I'm yeah. cussing. I'm ready to cuss. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, and then there's the whole like, you know, 125 anti-trans bills in five days of the new year thing that makes you want to cuss too. But um, but anyway, uh, mo moving, uh, moving along. Um, you know, we talked about just briefly the instrumentation and um it's a uh, a question that i was wondering and like it's it's like coma regalia was just like a two-piece when we started as well and it was like well like i write guitars and i can play drums and i know someone who wants to play guitar and so we're like okay we're gonna do this until we get other people to play but like i take it like, I know that's not everybody's deal. Like, some people are just like, we just want to do this. We just want there to be one guitar, one drum, and then vocal or whatever, or however the thing goes. Like, what was the line of thinking with y'all? Like, was it a similar situation at first where it was like, look, it's just me and this drummer, and we're having a great time. Maybe the rest will figure it out. But then, like, once you started doing it, you're like, nah, this kind of works, like, really well this way. 
Yeah, it definitely, we, we like always were trying to find a bassist and just nothing would stick. And then like even on, um, on the first album, everything seems better now. Like I recorded bass and the, the whole plan was always to get a bassist eventually. But I also was playing in like a low enough tuning that if I write music specifically with the intent of like filling out the bass with what I'm doing, it works. So basically about halfway through writing that album, I started kind of writing more in that way. And from like after releasing that album, we kind of were like, all right, actually like, let's just do the two piece thing. Cause it's, it's working like, and it's a lot easier to get two people to practice than three or four, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, See, I, th- I thought that that was just, I thought the bass tones on some of those recordings was just like, okay, there's like an octave pedal or something going on here. No, I, so I've been like in, in older bands, it was like we had a bassist and then lost one. And it was much more like straightforward, like crust punk. So I was playing like a lot of, you know, power chord type stuff. And with that type of stuff, I was doing this split and using octave pedal and it sounded good. But with versus self stuff where it's a lot of like single note and melody lines and stuff, it sounds less like just filling out the sound and more like an octave pedal. Like it sounds very much like an effect rather than a bassist. Yeah. So I, I definitely tried that, but now I just, now I just like split and I completely like shape my guitar amp tone and my bass amp tone so differently. Like either one of them on their own sounds pretty bad. Like the guitar amp is way too trebly. The bass amp sounds just like, it's just pure low end. It sounds, if if you plugged a bass into it and played through it, you'd be like, fuck this. This does not <laughs> sound good. Like it sounds so bad. But when you put them together, they kind of complement each other. So yeah, I feel like it works. Yeah. We played with this one band one time where like, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember the name of the band and, and it's a shame because they were really cool. Uh, but um, they had like a guitar player that um, just had like, a ridiculously like low wattage combo amp. It was like a 30 watt amp and everybody else was playing full stacks. And Mm -hmm. um, how they got around with that was something similar to what you're describing, which is like they had the guitar, the one guitar to where it was just like, it was basically a clean tone, but it was Mm -hmm. like just this obnoxiously like high mid, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, it worked. It cut through. And like when everybody was playing together, it um, sounded really good. But then like every once in a while in between a song or something and, and that particular guitar player was playing something and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's weird, you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a <clears throat> I mean, it's it's um, I think it's interesting, especially like, you know, where it's like that necessity as the mother of invention or whatever part where it's like what you can come up with or how your brain has to like do this problem solving and you know and the things that come uh as a result of that are it to me it's infinitely more interesting than just like like 
oh yeah, like we got two guitar players with Marshalls and, you know, a bass player with the Ampeg V4 and we sound sick as fuck, which is also like great, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, yeah. What do you like? If you're, if you can't do that, if you're not in that situation, like what can, what could you come up with to, to make what you want to do happen? You know, that's, that's, I don't know. I love that shit. Um, yeah yeah my and my guitar playing like i used to play a lot of just acoustic by myself type stuff so i've always kind of like been more like covering the chords while trying to fit a melody in there somewhere so mm -hmm. i feel like the two-piece thing it kind of like worked out because i was i'm kind of used to writing that way anyways and whenever i did try like I've, i've tried to play in with bands before where it's like there's already kind of a band and they're like, Oh, well, we're thinking about adding a guitarist. And I go in and I'm just like, I don't know. The song already sounds good. I don't know what to add to it type <laughs> stuff. Like I'm so like, cause I've never really done it. Like I'm yeah. so I'm bad at the adding the second guitar and like accenting what people are doing and stuff. But yeah, I'm bad at not adding the second guitar yeah. because yeah, when I've gone into bands that already have like, a kind of like a main thing going and I'm always mm-hmm. like, well, what if, and like, not like change the song, but like, like, what if I didn't play the same thing as you? What if I just like did this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's not always, you know, people aren't always a fan of that and understandably so, you know, like, um, yeah. I, it's not that I was trying to reinvent the wheel, but like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes like even in our songs and stuff, like I try to identify like which one of these songs is going to be the one that we're going to like add to the set or whatever. So I don't make it too out of pocket for like yeah. one guitar to yeah. play, you know? Um, yeah. But I never, I always fuck that up. I, I literally, none of the songs we play make sense. Like, like you, I, if somebody was like, if somebody came up to me and was like, I, love you all. I have all your records, but I did not recognize a single song you played. Like I'd be like, that's legit. Cause like yeah. I'm playing like some of the guitar from this one speaker. I'm playing some of the guitar from the other speaker. Sometimes I'm mashing them both together. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, like personally, like I want to see that, but like, that's not for everybody, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Like a lot, I, I feel like most people just want to see, like exactly what they know from you already and like that's you know they just want the hits they just you know but like it's always super cool when you go and see a band and it's like oh i i knew one song that they were playing but like everything else was new or just like maybe something i haven't heard i don't know it just makes shows funner yeah i mean and it's it's um like not and it's not just like the 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 volume level and and everything but it's just genuinely a different experience you know mm-hmm. to for it to be like i don't know i don't want to sound like everything is just all improv or whatever like we you know we play the same songs the same way every time but like yeah if we ever had a like i've tried to do it so many times i've i've been like like at ZBR fest like we were supposed to have 
a bass player that was not the bass player that played with us. We were supposed to have a different bass player, which mm-hmm. that worked out because now the bass player that played with us at ZBR Fest is like kind of pretty much our bass player. So like yeah. that, that worked out, you know? But um, we were also supposed to have another guitar player and um, that didn't end up working out. And, and now I've been playing the songs like this same way, like with these, this, some of the more noodly leady parts and some of the more like that I can't just go to somebody else who's going to play guitar. I can't just go like, you're going to play the right speaker and I'm going to play the left. I can't do that anymore because they're like all mixed up or I have mm-hmm. to go back and relearn the songs or whatever. It's just, it's just this, it's just a silly weird thing. I'm like, you know, I based all this off of that idea where it's like, like you had the right, like, in my opinion, you had the right way to go about it, right? Because you're like, well, this sounds good. This is like what we're doing live and this is working. So this is what we're going to put down on record. Whereas I had this other thought, which was like, well, in the whole time we're a band, like the entire existence of the band, probably only uh, like less than 10,000 people, just say, are ever going to he- see us play like mm-hmm. but the potentiality for people to hear these songs is like you know like as long as the earth is around or what you know what i mean yeah so like that was our thing was like we're like we should make the songs like everything that we want them to live up to and uh not worry about that other part until we get to it but you know, yeah. some- I actually, I, I think I heard you say like that on, I think it was, you were on the, uh, not just a phase podcast. And I mm-hmm. think you said that and I like, it actually stuck with me and I was like thinking about it a lot. Um, because yeah, like on everything seems better. Now we did record bass mm-hmm. and like when the way we recorded that bass was like an octave lower than what the guitar is doing and everything. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking like, since now I write more to fill out the bass, I still think it would sound good to like record bass, but maybe just like the actual notes that I'm playing on guitar. But now it's like a real bass through a bass amp with a good tone. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've like, yeah, I think, I think that's like, I don't know. I have been wanting to do more studio stuff, like more, I don't know how we're going to do this live, but it'll sound really cool recorded. And yeah. then like, I don't know, maybe we'll figure it out or maybe we'll just play things different live. Like it doesn't have to sound exactly like the record. Right. And then there's the other thing too, where it's like, you know, y'all just released that discography and there's 20, 22 songs on it. So the other thing is you're not playing 22 songs every set. Oh yeah. So the more songs you write, the, you know, the more you're basically like, well, we can't do all of these. So if we, if we go nuts, on a few of them and there's double guitars or there's whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know yeah because like we can't we can't hit these all all the time anyway um yeah
think like probably every you know band has like I mean probably not like any of like Tom Schlatter's like uh 90s bands or whatever cuz Tom was like notorious for like like not dubbing in guitars and stuff like that, you know, everything has to be able to but like you know, it's just like there's parts of probably like most albums where it's just like you're like this would not this would be different live you know mm-hmm. it's just, just yeah there's just like uh i don't know like a uh a, 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 like especially when it comes to some more like like post-rock influenced like screamo stuff or whatever like you know i don't know like those hopeful records like are not sounding like that live, you know, there's so much like, Oh, and then there's like a high pass on the drums, you know, or whatever Mm -hmm. for like two measures and stuff like that, you know? And it's, it's like, so I don't know. We're like, we're all used to it. Kinda. I think is what I'm trying to say. Just like, yeah, but I don't know. Like it's fun. I mean, I think it's fun to just like, randomly you just like you maybe you're in a situation where you've been playing this song the exact same way whatever and then you just randomly get this idea while you're recording and so you you go for it and then like i don't know i've never really had any regrets that way but i've had regrets when i didn't you know yeah like yeah i've had regrets when i like didn't double that thing or whatever like or like try that weird vocal thing or whatever just like like you still like you put the record on you still hear that weird thing that you didn't do like in your head like spinning around yeah. or whatever you know but um yeah i don't know that's that uh that's that uh gretzky shots you didn't take thing except yeah. like the you know weird parts you didn't throw down um, totally but yeah um you said you were playing in a like a lots of like sort of like uh crust Cross bands like before this um uh are there like uh bands that have like discographies where people could check them out or is that like you're you're like eh? <laughs> yeah uh so there's there's one band that we recorded an album um called mente arma and it's on Bandcamp. i think it's like mente arma crust dot bandcamp mm-hmm. um that's uh yeah that project was um that's the one where I ended up actually eventually doing like the splitting. Um, Cause we ended up like the drummer ended up not being able to play with us anymore. And then the bassist moved to drums. And for a while we were just like a uh, standalone vocalist and then me doing vocals and guitar and uh, drums. Mm-hmm. But eventually we ended up getting another bassist Um but I think that's probably, yeah, that's like the only thing that out of all the bands that I've played in that still I think you can find. There was some other stuff that I recorded, but I think it's all pretty much gone by now. Yeah. Is it like, is that is that kind of like more of the kind of stuff that you grew up listening to and then you just like sort of discovered like all this other stuff at at, at the point where you sort of, started versus self 
um, kind of, I've always been into like a lot of music. So, um, like the way that I found Screamo was by, you know, looking for power violence on blog spots and stuff. And then, you know, some, sometimes you would find like, you know, uh, combat wounded veteran or something, which then, you know, you kind of follow that thread and you find like more screamo bands. Um, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a rough, rough fucking uh, spot to be in where you find combat wounded first though. Yeah. Like it's, well, I mean, cause it's, it's kind of, sorry, but there's a lot of disappointment. Like there's great, it's every, all screamo is good screamo in my opinion, just like all pizza and all ice cream, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like combat wounded veteran is like, you are not finding something like that again. Like, yeah. So finding that first is rough. (laughs) I think that's where, what it is too, is it's like, cause they, they, I don't even know if I would call them screamo, you Uh know, but like, if you like they're, they run in the same circles, at least like. Yeah. Same band members and and stuff. Mentioned and stuff. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can like get into the rabbit hole through bands like that. And then also on that same blog spot, there was like Orchid, Seisha, Kid Crash, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Leonti Tom. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. No Leonti Tom. I have, yeah, something. But um, yeah. So I I kind of got into that stuff, and then um, later on, I had a friend who showed me more of like the uh, more like melodic emo, I guess, like um, you know, Cap and Jazz, American Football, Algernon Codwallader mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And for a long time, I didn't really know anyone else who was into that besides that one friend. Um, so it was just like finally meeting someone online where like I was finally able to start playing this type of stuff. Um, but yeah, before that, it was all just punk bands uh, that slowly more moved into like crust or grind type sounds. Um yeah, it was it was definitely a shock to find music that was classified as like emo in any way that I was like, oh shit, this is good. Like, you <laughs> know, I'm I'm used to like spaz talking shit on emo and stuff. Right. Like, you know, what what did you think emo was like before you heard like Cap Jazz or whatever? Did you think it was like Fallout all Boy the, and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. all the stuff that was popular when I was, you know, yeah. and I liked some of that stuff growing up. Like, yeah, I was it's really fine. Into it's, the used, yeah, you know, like just all that stuff that was all over MTV and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm 32. So around the time when I was in like middle school and stuff was when all of the quote unquote emo stuff was all over the radio and MTV. And basically kind of all that stuff that I feel like is the reason why the term scrams came about because people were like, when you said screamo, they're thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think people are kind of like, all right, well, we need a way to like, so you know that it's not that. Yeah. But yeah, I no, I, I get it. I just, it's, it's a weird one for me because like they're, like yeah they want like it's like they want to like distance themselves from uh you know i don't um i don't know even who to say somebody you know will be mad if i <laughs> if i but like they want to di- distance themselves from that like target 
Target mm-hmm. store screamo that you could hear over the, you know, stuff in the Target radio. But um, mm-hmm. and, and um, I get it. But then it's like, and uh, this was bound to happen, I suppose. Just like any genre is gonna segment itself into, so people just want to keep narrowing things down. But then it's just like, as soon as you, as soon as you started seeing the word scrams then you started seeing people say blackened scrams and like to differentiate that this is not your mama's scrams this is tougher you know yeah and then there was emo violence and like and this is even tougher than bra- blackened scrams like this is violent and you can mm-hmm. get hurt but if you are tough enough you can listen to this and yeah i don't know i like i don't at this point, like I don't really care what anybody calls it. Like, you know, it's it's whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's like all the the more like the more particular the like uh, the genre tag or whatever gets. Like, mm-hmm. the more I'm just like, I bet I'm gonna listen to this, and it's like not gonna like it's not it doesn't need this hyper specific. Mm-hmm. genre tag you know what i mean like or either that or it's like it's gonna sound it's not gonna sound very original because it's like oh we're trying to do this exact thing yeah so we're gonna sound like these bands that we heard that were doing this exact thing and we're trying our best to like ape this sound and it's like less original and less like i don't know it it does it does start to get to where like and i think um, like with versus self, we were kind of guilty of this because I've always in I've always been in a bunch of different bands, um, and I've always kind of seen them in certain ways. Where like, this is my band that I write about, like, you know, my my beliefs and stuff. This is my band that I do just for fun. This is my band that I have for like getting all of my personal shit out. Mm-hmm. So, at the time that versus self started, Mente Arma was still going, and that band primarily is all talking about things that I believe in. Um, And so versus self is mainly all just me talking about shit that I'm going through or like, you know, Greg talking about shit that he's going through. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of people think like, Oh, emo, you know, it's, it's all about like, you know, Oh, stuff you're sad about and blah, blah, blah. And the more specific you get into genre and whatever, the more likely it is that you might just think that. Whereas like really it's like punk, it's just punk or hardcore. Like it's just an offshoot of that. So it's like a lot of the earlier stuff was, you know, like all talking about things that mattered, like how you were talking about earlier felony for existing. It's about shit that matters and stuff that like, you know, so I'm, um, I've been like thinking about this stuff a lot more recently because I have realized like, you know, we were talking about like TikTok earlier and how, um, you know, like people have brought to my attention that versus self sometimes is the first band that gets people into this type of music. So I've been kind of feeling a sort of responsibility to like letting people know like what they're actually listening to. You know, like yeah. what they should be paying attention to isn't just the music. Like it's it's bigger than that. And, um, you know, so 
yeah, that's been kind of like in the forefront of my mind lately. Um, you know, if we, cause I, I feel a responsibility for it. Like I, I don't believe in gatekeeping at all, but there definitely have been times recently, like at shows or stuff. And I see the way that certain people, like, it seems like a lot of the kids are like so into merch and it's like, I've seen kids wait at the merch booth or like wait in line for merch and miss the band that they're waiting for merch for because that band isn't running the merch booth right now. They're up about to perform, but they don't want to miss their spot in line. So they like stay at the merch booth instead of watching the band. And like seeing stuff like that is super disheartening. And so it's like, I kind of get the reason why some people feel like, you know, maybe there needs to be more gatekeeping and like, you know, this music is for people of a certain mind and stuff. But at the same time, like, why instead of gatekeeping why don't we just like you know really try to put forward you know what what we think is like what we think people should be paying attention to yeah it's not it's not what shirt you're wearing it's not like you know uh i don't know what what song you're thirst trapping to on tiktok or whatever it's like what you know what the what the people in the bands really care about what is actually important in the world um so yeah i think that's more important than gatekeeping this is like such a like you're describing such a uh a a a foreign um set of circumstances to me because like none none of this i can i cannot relate to any of this, like from my, uh, the from the shows we paid played this last year, or from like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, um, like people, like, I don't know if it's like Instagram where, if your songs are on Spotify, they can automatically add it on TikTok because I I just don't do TikTok. So I, if that I don't know if that's the case, and so yeah. pe- people will probably pretty much never like. I mean, we have like uh, um, like out of two hundred and twenty-five songs or whatever, we have like less than fifteen that are on Spotify because because they're on the split. Yeah, because they're on a split yeah. with a band that want the whole thing up on Spotify. And, like, I personally, like, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting stuff on Spotify. But I also recognize that a split with a band is more than just, like, you put your songs on it and we put our songs on it. So, mm-hmm. and we've had enough of these things that, like, I get my way without even asking for it often enough. You know what I mean? So, like if a band wants to put the songs, then I'm like, okay, you can do it. Like I'm not doing it, but you can do it. And, um, so like, yeah, that's not like, no one's gonna hear, like, it's not like gonna be like somebody, I mean the thirst trap thing, like that's wild. Like someone thirst trapping to an emo song, but, um, but then it happens, it happens a lot more than you would think. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, it's like, I, you know, um, it's it's all about context, right? Because I could see that being mm-hmm. I could see that being like, um, not I I don't mean funny like I'm making fun of people, but I I could see that being like 
entertaining or whatever, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like, um, I should do it. I should thirst tack, thirst trap to a, but, um, people will turn that off right away. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. And then the, the, the merch thing, like, it's like, uh, I mean, we sold a like fair bit of stuff at like ZBR fest and, and, so, but we don't, I don't, we, like, we're one of those bands where, like, other bands like us. Like, it feels like yeah. I don't meet just, like, people who are fans of music. Like, I, like uh, it's rare. And, and, mm -hmm. and when I do, it's, like, it's great. And then, like, I'm happy to chat with people. But it's not, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just, like, where you're at that, that, that it's just so different. Because, like, we play a show and we set up merch and people are just, like, uh, yeah, I don't care. But um, to to your point about like um like you need to know what this is about and mm -hmm. i think like i this is just like i'm talking about felony for existing again but like this is just a a a preview to that is like i think we've got because we we do a thing every year and this year I was like, I want to do a t-shirt this year. So I talked to Michaela about it and they were down with my idea because you said you have to know what this band's about. You have to know like, and this shirt that's coming from Felony for Existing, it's the front of the shirt. You're going to know exactly what this band is about. And so this Felony for Existing shirt is is going to be like, that's the that's the thing. That's the mission statement. Like, mm -hmm. there you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I do um, know what you're saying because, you know, there's, I mean, some of this is on me too because I don't think, like, I don't, um, I don't think that I have to, I don't owe anyone a clear explanation of, like, mm -hmm. what the songs are about. I think it's usually obvious but yeah, um, but there's this whole weird thing like where, where people would be like, "Are there any anti-capitalist uh, screamo bands or whatever?" And I'm like, "What the fuck have you been listening to?" Like, yeah, like ten years of I'm like basically like the concept of money has ruined my entire life, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and um, like and. I mean, yeah, like a lot, like there's whole albums that are about a specific thing, you know, or whatever, but like, mm -hmm. there's so many times in, you know, in our discography where it's just like, this is a blatantly like anti-capitalist song, you know, or, or whatever. And, um, mm -hmm. and like, it's just weird. Like, I mean, but that, that's, I mean, that sounds like I expect people to listen to every one of our songs. And it's like, I, it's, you know, like we're lucky people listen to one song, but like, you know, it's just like one of those things where sometimes you're just, you do like wear your heart on your sleeve and you are just like, damn, shit's got me really fucked up right now. But like, mm -hmm. usually like m you can figure out like where that's coming from. And like for a lot of us, like that problem is like you know, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's like you know you don't know if you're gonna have a house, you don't know if you're gonna have food, you don't know if uh, you know 
whatever. Um, and yeah, uh, but and it that that type of stuff does make it. It even makes it hard to like be more outspoken about other things because you're like. I'm just trying to survive. Like, you know, if, if you're, if you're having to put so much time into like trying to survive, you don't really have much time to go and like think about and care about other things as much. And I feel like that's, I don't know if it's exactly intentional, but it kind of feels like maybe it, it like, it's at least like a side effect of the way that, you know, that our whole society works that like is working for the people in charge where it's like, you know, the the gap between people who are like very comfortable and don't really have to worry about money and stuff and the gap between and and like the people who are struggling to get by is just growing and growing and therefore people have less and less time to really sit back and think about the way that everything is yeah and they're just kind of like i i just have to go to work i have to you know struggle i have to get the money so i can have a place to come back to and have some food to eat yeah and that's all i really have time to do like yeah sorry i don't have time to think about what's happening over there like yeah it's like as long as we can keep them rolling around screaming on basement floors like yeah. <laughs> and not like and not thriving in society then uh we're staying ahead yeah it's it's wild i was at the post office today and this this uh woman in line like soon as the post office worker stepped away this woman in line was fucking going off like they're probably back there on a coffee break they're probably do and i'm i I'm, I'm in this post office all the time so like mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that woman that just walked away has been here since at least 2 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like they're not back there having coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm literally like so like close. Like, okay, if she says one more thing, I'm sticking up for my bestie behind the counter there. Cause like, yeah. And you do, when you, when you run a record label, especially like, like now I print everything at home and I just drop it off. But for the longest time, I was like, yeah. <laughs> fucking go into the post office and you see the same people there every mm-hmm. single day and you you do start to kind of like like get to know them a little bit mm-hmm. you'll just have like a little bit of banter with them and you do kind of start to get to know them and then like see the people who are there like in a long line and pissed off and like ah oh, fuck these people blah, yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah and it's and just like, like hey fuck off like they're just doing their job That just like goes back to what we were both saying, which is like, you know, they're like, as long as people like that aren't like the 
2%, you know, the rich and powerful 1%, you know, like as long as mm-hmm. us regular people are like fighting with each other over like, oh, I bet they're on break back there. Like no, nobody's on break. It's just silly. Like people, that, that whole um, like mentality of like, well, I don't have any money either and I don't complain, you know, or like mm-hmm. all of this is just like just benefits like the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, you know, like yeah. uh, the speaker of the house with that's worth $54 million or whatever. You're just like, I don't know. It's like, as long as us ants, you know, keep doing their bidding. And as long as us mm-hmm. ants are down here fighting each other, you know, and, yeah, like anytime, anytime anyone talks about raising the minimum wage, people are like mad. Yeah, yeah. People are like, yeah. what? You mean you're going to pay someone more than I'm getting or the same that I'm getting right now and all they're doing is flipping burgers? Right. It's like, don't you think they deserve a livable wage? And if you're not happy with what you're getting paid, then that's, you know, that's your gripe with your boss. Like, yeah. Don't try to tear other people down. Like, why don't we, like, we should all be trying to like raise each other up and make sure everyone can live i don't know it's just yeah or the other thing where it's like they have us fighting each other yeah the other thing where it's like uh, well then everything will cost more and it's like everything costs more already <laughs> like what yeah <laughs> what like what um what's the like what's the ceiling for how much stuff it's going to cost well there isn't one huh then why mm-hmm. is there a ceiling for you know i don't know but yeah that's all oh, that's it's it's ridiculous um but yeah, any of those California merch table uh, waiters, uh, you know, we're playing in Indianapolis. Just uh, fly on out, and and, yeah. and uh, we'll have T-shirts. Um, yeah, no. Um, so, you know, the newest thing that y'all released was the uh, collection that you just did on ZBR. Um, there's, like I mentioned, there's 22 songs. Um, what made it like to where y'all are like okay this is a good spot to like be like okay here's this collection like um is it so I, I don't think i've ever really talked about it before but um the what made it a good spot was that uh the original drummer decided to leave um and so basically all the songs that are on that collection are all of the songs that are like the uh, the original drummer? Oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's almost everything we have out right now. There's just like one song that's not on it, um, and that's like with the new drummer. Um, and yeah, so going forward too, we're gonna have a like a we're going into like being a three piece. Like now, live we're a three piece. Um, so yeah, everything recorded from now on is gonna be um like the our current lineup. What do you mean now live you're a three piece? I thought you already were. I thought it was vocals, drums, and guitar. Was that am I off there? Yeah, well so we've been vocals, drums, and guitar for like all since basically I think we played like that in December of twenty twenty two, but at least since like the beginning of twenty three. That's how it was. But before then it was just um it was just drums and guitar and we both did vocals. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Okay, I uh, okay. So you you got a new drummer and you got a standalone vocalist. Mm-hmm. So two new yeah. members. Yeah, vocalist slash tambourine player. Okay. Vo- <laughs> yeah, um, voc- vocals slash percussion. But yeah, you dr- sometimes drummers don't like it when you say you did. Like, if I say I did percussion on the on the album, mm. uh, Jason's gonna get mad. When, yeah. when all I did was play a tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I mean, spoilers. There's tambourine coming. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, I I just thought that that's the way that y'all. Uh, had been rolling was was you know that's I think that's how middling is as well right like it's like mm-hmm. guitars drums and a freestanding vocalist um, where did this freestanding vocal uh, part come from was it like did you feel like okay like we should do something so there's more of a physical like a front person in the band or so it was it came out of necessity pretty much but it definitely having dante like on stage i feel like elevates the shows a lot because mm-hmm. he's just like super energetic and like you know it's like having a front person finally mm-hmm. whereas before it was just like you know both the people singing are both playing instruments you're anchored so like, yeah there's yeah. only so much we can really do but it's uh it's more like uh, Greg, the original drummer, is a much better singer than I am. <laughs> so, like, I couldn't cover his parts. And, um, like, so both of the current members are also in Numb Ears, um, who we, like, like through playing shows and stuff, became really good friends. Um, and it just so happened that Dante kind of practiced screaming and singing a lot by singing along to Greg's parts. Hmm. So he sounds very similar to Greg and like, it just worked out perfectly where it's like, cause Frankie's not really a singer either. Like Frankie can scream, but the, the drummer Mm -hmm. Frankie, uh, he can scream, but he's not really like a singer. Um, so it it was more out of necessity. Yeah. So you did a split with no mirrors, right? And then it's Mm -hmm. like, can I just borrow some of y'all? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, basically. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that worked out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's like once they joined the band, uh, you said already that like obviously like, you know, they're learning some established songs. But like uh, after that, what's the like, is it like, OK, like let's write an album? Like what what's the you know plan going forward? Yeah, so we're we're trying to write more stuff. Um, we're basically like needing to take a step back from playing shows as much because, I mean, like you know, they're both in numb years. They both work jobs. I'm very busy with like self versed records, and then um, you know we're playing shows all the time. So it's just like very difficult to right you know mm-hmm. like to get together like i have guitar stuff but just getting together with everyone and writing so basically we're like really trying to focus on writing right now um and then we want to get an album out hopefully this year yeah but yeah yeah it's 
uh, that's always, you know, that's always been a thing in the past. Not so much anymore. It's like um, we, the way we are all spread out, like we don't, I think people don't, I think people think we don't play shows, but, but realistically it's, we just have to be like, we don't get asked a lot, so it's easy, but we just have to like be more picky, I guess. Cause you know, it involves a lot of travel for people and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a real thing where it's just like, you can't like, you can't have, a show a week or two shows a week and you, you got to devote like one day to the show, one day to practice for the show. And then like you actually have like a regular life with other stuff. Like what do you, when do you supposed to figure this, like writing actual songs into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. It, um, you said you had one song that was already done with them. Did, did that just, get released like I'd, I'd missed it or what was that how did that come out yeah so that was that was part of the um the most recent not just a phase compilation oh okay okay yeah so that one uh i can't remember exactly i want to say it was released in like march i could be very i'm i have i have like bad adhd so like time is very yeah, I don't to me. <laughs> yeah, I just I just remember that like I just remember that like when we got when I got asked about it, like I had a Matterfield song that was about done, so like I was like, "Oh yeah, I can totally do that." And I remember that the deadline that I was given was like sort of upcoming pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. then it didn't release for a very long time. <laughs> so yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, like, I I don't know if it, I don't know what it was. Yeah, but yeah I mean, I'm sure like, it's just like there was somebody who couldn't make the deadline, and people, maybe. you know, were were. I mean, it, it always happens. It's just like when you go on tour and and you you're told that the sound check or load in or whatever is three, and mm-hmm. no one, you know, no one even like shows up until. 5 p.m. or something you know so like yeah it's um a lot of that stuff is just a bunch of hurry up and wait but I mean like I get it because you like as a facilitator of a bunch of projects like you need to like you need to make that deadline way earlier than you like just so you have that buffer or whatever you know, yeah. like, you're yeah. like, if you tell somebody, like, if you're planning on releasing this in March and you tell somebody the de- the deadline is January, you are not getting those songs, you know, like, yeah. like, you need to say December, you need to say November, you know, so that yeah. the people on, on that on that compilation, I know that I think like we literally got our song in on the deadline like it was like we were cutting it super close but right now actually we're we're uh we're getting ready to release the split and that split is very much being held up by us Uh-oh. <laughs> like, well, yeah I feel, I feel bad like uh, the other bands already have their songs in and like they're just sitting there waiting like and i i know how it is because like with that compilation and with uh we were on a compilation before that um it is like okay, we put in our songs. Now we're just waiting. Like we're super proud of this song we did and we really want people to hear it. And like, 
when's it going to come out? Yeah. But now it's like, now it's our fault. Yeah. <laughs> that this is happening with this split. And I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. There was only one instance that I can remember where it was something like that with us where like, um, like the other band was like ready to go and stuff. And we were like just about ready to go. And, um, like the, um, first, the first thing that happened was like that the person who was playing guitar in the band at the time was like, not like, cause like, um, what we would do was, was like, I'd, I'd write the songs or whatever, but the other guitar player would like learn them. Maybe we would sort of improvise on them or whatever, you know, but, um, and then that guitar player would record like a guitar track and then I'd record like another one, you know, like we'd sort of split the speakers or, you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I'm like, this is ready to go except for this other guitar and the vocals. Cause I don't want to do the vocals until like, I want to be really into it. Right. And I need like the whole picture to where I'm like, so I'm waiting on this other guitar and it was, you know, there was problems, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, bad mouth, uh, this person in particular, but like there was, there was problems and, you know, they, they just couldn't get the thing done, you know, they couldn't. So, uh, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, uh, they've, they've waited long enough. I'm going to wrap this up. And so the guitar player is like, okay, cool. I get it. So I did that. And then I got like strep throat (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, look, if you all will just give me like one more week, like, and so this week gone by and I still like at the end, I still, my, my throat was fucked. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. So if there's one record, not an, not an LP, you know, but if there's a split where somebody is like, damn, like the vocals on this are pretty weird. Like you probably figured out which one it was. Like I had strep throat and I'm, I did it anyway. I was just like, you know what? It's not, it's not, it's got like, it's fucked up too. Cause when you're like, wow, instead of waiting, like people spent hundreds of dollars putting this onto wax and you're like, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just like, like what, sometimes Shit is just like that, right? You, you're like, wait until I don't have strep throat. And then your computer goes on the fritz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes it's just, there is no, sometimes you just, you can realize when a project has like a fucking hex on it or something, you know? And you're just like, look, we have to get this done. You know, I can't deal with like the fucking roof is going to fall in next week if I don't, you know, just do this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you just you just go for it. But I'm not saying you should. Whatever, whatever's holding you up, I'm sure it's like, you know, totally legit. It's just like, yeah, sometimes sometimes you just like, fuck, this has to happen. Um, And I mean, I don't know, you know, people people will not like that. People will not like that um, response sometimes because we, uh, I think we, um, as a collective, like we romanticize uh, uh, 
the muse or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. as it were, like that idea that inspiration is like, um, uh, it's like a fleeting thing. And like, yeah, you know, it, it yeah. comes when it, it's, it's like, when it's time, you'll write the thing. Yeah. And until then, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like we, which is weird too, because we also, there's this other aspect of that where people like, uh, people um, hold really high the aspect of like working on something until it's perfect. So mm -hmm. you have this one part where it's like, people are like, inspiration is divine. And that's the only way that truly amazing ideas come is just this inspiration. And then the other aspect is like, just keep grinding on it and until it's perfect. So like, I don't know, like you just gotta realize there's this whole middle thing here where it's just like, sometimes you just actually have to do something like, yeah, I heard on a podcast, uh, one of my favorite cartoonists, um, uh, Gilbert Hernandez was talking about like he, what he does is if he is stuck on a comic and he's got a rough idea of like what these pages are going to be like, he will just go through and draw all his borders. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, that's not, that's not a task that requires like his, um, art brain, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a logical step forward that he could be making for the whole project by doing something. And like, it's fucking wild because I was just saying that to my wife the other day. I was like, I was like, I think I'm going to just start, like, I'm going to just start doing these panel out outlines like and then i i heard it on this podcast and i was like that was what i was saying because mm -hmm. you know like there is there's there is inspiration that comes mm -hmm. to you that's legit there is working on something until it gets real good that's legit but there's this whole other thing that i feel like people don't do as much which is like just do something yeah and things will start moving you know mm -hmm. that's that's i mean like when people are like you're so prolific or whatever like that's my whole thing it's like i just i'm just doing something like i mm -hmm. i mean that's a i don't know you know that's just a whole other like can of worms right there like and maybe that's not like some people will be like that's really unhealthy but like like i just can't i have to be doing something like it feels good yeah you know yeah but um do you uh have uh any details about that split that you could share or is it is is it top secret i think it's i think it's pretty secret right now i don't think i'm supposed to that's say fair. What it is, that's but fair that's i'll say it's a four band split uh -huh. um and yeah two of the bands have their songs in already and then two of the bands one of them being versus self is like dragging our feet a little bit okay well <laughs> if you're not the only band then it's like 
you know, you can kind of, you can use, you can use the, like, not saying, like, blame it on the other band, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like, if the other band turns in their stuff, like, literally right after this airs, you know, then, you know, they're, then it's on you for sure. Yeah. Like, then well, it's the, like, so okay. The, the two, I will say that the two bands who haven't returned in their stuff yet, I'm going to be recording both of the, the bands. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna hopefully be in the same like recording session and everything. But yeah, just get get everyone over and like you know get the uh, Totino's pizzas in the oven and uh, yeah. you know make it happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's um that's cool. And is this gonna be like on vinyl? So is this like we're talking about this now, but no one's gonna hear it until twenty twenty five? Or is this something yeah. that your label I've, is doing? Uh, it's I think. It's definitely going to be on vinyl. Um, I, I'm probably going to want to make tapes for it too. Um, so we'll just see what happens. Yeah. But I think we're going to probably end up waiting for the vinyl to be ready to release it. So yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to be a good minute. Yeah. Well, look for that in um, 2026 yeah. after <laughs> after the next Taylor Swift album is done at all the record plants. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, no, um, you know, we uh been chatting for a while, but uh, we haven't really touched on like you know your your label. Um, mm. what kind of stuff do you have coming up for your label that you want to you know give a shout out to or whatever? I usually only do stuff if like bands ask me like, hey, do you think you want to do a tape? And then I'll listen to it and I'll be like, yeah, hell, yeah, this is cool. Um. Mm-hmm. I I only really like release stuff that I really like. That's like the one rule I have. Um, But I went through like almost like, I don't know if it was like a manic episode or something a while ago where I just started hitting up people who have done stuff for, for, uh, done stuff for before and was like, Hey, should we do like another run of that? Or like just reached out to new people I've never worked with before and was like, do you want to work together on something? Um, and ended up having a bunch of stuff already around the same time. So right now I'm on like a weekly, like every week, Saturday at noon PST, I'm releasing something new. Um, so depending on when this comes out, like um, on the 13th, I'm releasing like a new run of a seahorse choke album or i guess it's an ep it's like five songs so Mm. it's right there on that would be ep um and uh cinema which is a a newer band from texas who uh chris from party hats put me onto, which is another like three-piece guitar standalone vocalist drummer band Mm -hmm. um that one might actually get pushed back because I haven't even got it back yet from the plant (laughs) and basically I have to stamp it. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. I used to do everything myself. Like I used to dub everything, um, print out all the J cards, cut crease, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and now it's basically like, I've realized that, on smaller runs, that's still the way to go. Like if I'm doing 25 or 50, I still do that. But if, if I'm doing anything like 75 tapes or more, 
I've realized it's a lot. It's like around the same cost money wise to just like send it off to get everything done besides stamping the cassettes. And then it frees up time to be working on other things. So I've just realized like at that point, like time is more valuable than, you know, having to do a hundred tapes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, especially if you're, if it's uh, a real time dub. You know, it's like, yeah, you just like, you just like got an alarm on your phone for every 15 minutes, go start the next one, you know, or whatever. It's like, yeah, unless you just actually, especially having ADHD, like it's hard to like start a task or like, so like, you know, because dubbing is something that kind of goes on in the background. It's like, you know, I could be doing other things while I'm dubbing, but if every 15 minutes I'm having to get up and like flip a tape, then that's just harder for me to get back into what I was doing. It's like every time. So, um, yeah, Yeah, you do have to, um, you do have to like prioritize your time or like value your time, you know, because like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you know, would you like, I don't know, not to put everything to like, you know, not to, to to a category of work or whatever, but like, it's like you're, you go to work and then you're home and you're going to spend like three hours like doing, I mean, I'm not talking about the fun part, which is like, you know, writing the little notes and packing the records up or whatever, you know, I'm talking about Mm -hmm. like, you know, this other, other stuff. And it's like, it's like, are you going to do that to save like six bucks? Like you're going to spend three hours? Like that doesn't make sense. Just, yeah. just go, just go to work for one extra hour <laughs> and like save yourself three hours. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, you know, it's like, I guess it's just because I'm getting old. Like everything feels like, like, damn, like I, if I spend all this money, do if I spend like all this time doing this, because of money or whatever, then I don't have time to do this mm-hmm. with like what's actually left of the rest of the rest of my life. And like, I don't know. I've been like, I'm one of those people anyway. Like as, as soon as I like realized that people could die, like I've, it's felt imminent to me. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's like tracks for other people, but like, you know, I was like one of those people like, when I was a kid, I, I was for sure I was going to be dead before I was 20. And then mm-hmm. and then I was for sure I was going to be dead before I was 30. Now I'm, you know, I'm older than that. And I'm like, then what happens eventually is like you literally like start like feeling your body responding differently to things than it did mm-hmm. when you were younger. And you're like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> you know, any day now, like I'm just be, I'm just be screaming one of these songs and my heart's just going to, Oh, and I'm going to be like that, uh, old red Fox show where, um, you know, where, uh, Sanford and sons where it's, Oh, I'm coming to, I'm coming to meet you. You know, <laughs> I, I'm coming to meet you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a really like interesting like, you know, um way to take the conversation because like yeah, I think that a lot of people like don't it's like 
there's there's the stuff where it's like to me it's really important to do it yourself like mm-hmm. uh i love doing all the little hand packaging and stuff but it's like mm-hmm. when it's just a j card and there's nothing wrong with that like tons of my tapes are just a j card you know like when it's just a j card it's like was it important that you did that yourself or not you know yeah like it was yeah i i yeah because i'm i definitely feel it with like the packaging because i do put like i do write a note yeah even i've gotten to the point where it's like there's just a typed out note but i like write thank you to the person Mm -hmm. and sign it Mm -hmm. you know yeah i mean um, sometimes you're busy you know it's just like what are you gonna do like yeah but like someone told me like oh did you know that the way that you all of the orders that are the same like if you have all orders that are like just this one tape you could just like look at the number package that many print all the labels put it all on there and you'll be done and it'll be super quick and i'm like no because then i wouldn't know whose name i'm putting on the note you know yeah like yeah. <laughs> so yeah it would save me time but i that's something that i don't personally that's not something that i want to do because yeah. i do like writing that note to the person or at least like signing their name on it um yeah and i don't another thing is the like i do want the tapes to at least feel somewhat personal and somewhat like i worked on them like i don't want to just and this is why like because more people are asking for cds and i'm like nothing about the cd process is personal at all to me like if I order, if I get CDs made, I'm literally just putting in an order for CDs. I get them back. I don't even touch them. I just send them to people or sell them at shows. Yeah, I don't have a Whereas, single CD that's like that. Like, yeah, we've we've, and I mean, to me, the the thing about CDs is like, as far as like you know, you're saying you doing like twenty or something like, that is the most like I could just make eleven of these if I wanted to. You know, that's like true, yeah. And I just I don't even have a way to burn CDs. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> I'd have that. To buy more equipment or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Every time, even CDs that I've I've done like, uh, <clears throat> like the de facto and scripture CDs that, you know, those were um, done by um, <clears throat> Atomic Disc in um, California. But like mm-hmm. when I get the CD that comes in this little plastic thing and that's the whole deal. Well, that's not the end of it because I made the booklet and I put it in this other thing, right? And I did mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying because it's like, but I mean, you know, sometimes that's that. Uh, sometimes that's all people want though is just like the CD. And, yeah. and that's, you know, that's totally fine. It's like, but it's also understandable that you're like, what, but what did I do? though yeah you know what i mean because like you want to have yeah. that connection like yeah, i i really at least i stamp that yeah i stamp them and i it's it's just like i just i mean i'm i used to make like make cds and stuff burn cds when i was younger mm-hmm. so i guess there's that but like that was never that never felt like fun to me in any way whereas like what i was talking about with those old tapes that i didn't want anymore and now i'm like dubbing over them with songs off the radio Mm -hmm. i feel like 
you know, and I, I always like walked around with my Walkman as a kid and I was either listening to that type of stuff or like I even had like a Toy Story book on tape thing. It's just like the Walkman just like, I don't know. I just had like tapes are just more special to me. Yeah. And like I had that thing where I was like sitting there by the radio and like waiting for that song so I could dub over it. So it's just like... I don't know. That's what excites me more. Yeah, I no, I, I'm that's also, what I want to put out. <laughs> like, I'm also like, you know, like I'm I totally like had the, you know, the, uh, cassette player, like going around. Uh, I mean, I still have like, I still have like my copies of like, uh, <clears throat> um, Fugazi repeater and like, you know, um, Jawbox novelty. Like I've still got like all these tapes like that I bought in, you know, when I was a kid in like 1995 or whatever, you know? And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and, but then there's that other thing too. And this, I think uh, other people can also relate to where it's like when you did make a mix CD and you come across that mix CD and it's like got this really, weird name like i don't i don't know party mix you know or whatever and you're like Mm -hmm. what is that and you put it in and it's just got the most like like random shit on it that you like don't even remember and like so yeah i don't know i've i just got like an affinity for each thing for what for these these little different um itches that they scratch you know or whatever yeah um yeah, yeah I mean, that that makes it feel like a like a CD would be very good for like a compilation because then yeah. it very much has that feeling of like this is a mix that I made of like all my favorite bands that I could just throw on at a party or something. Like, yeah, yeah, or like a super weird release that you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like uh, the first felony for existing was on CD, and I've I feel like. The second one could have been on CD too. Like I feel like that one's one of those ones where it's just like, okay, lots, like lots of stuff coming, coming at you here. Like, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, I think like there's something interesting about like all the mediums that are out there. Like the LPs are awesome because you can make a giant booklet, you know, or whatever. You can mm-hmm. fold this up like this many ways, and then you know, tapes are like I don't know. You can make a little pouch that it goes in you know where you can do whatever cool thing and you know cds i it's like i've got this entire box of scrap paper from like printing my own covers over the years where it's like oh this would like this would fit a cd in it and like if i fold this up like nine million different ways like that'll be a really cool looking you know thing and um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's always fun to and then it's kind of like what you were saying where you're like you know, you have to have this sort of thing that connects you to it where you're like, yeah, because I, I've always loved when you see something that you put out and you're mm-hmm. like, what? That's like, you know, that's in a record store in Japan. Like, what the fuck? Like, I touched that. Like, that was yeah. in my basement three months ago, you know? Yeah. And it's uh yeah, I don't know. Just that connection with that is is uh is really, you know, precious. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, um, you know, other than the uh, uh, releases coming on the label and the split that you can't really say much about. Um, 
what else is coming up for you that you want to chat about before we take off? Um, so we are doing with versus self, we're doing like a, uh, full month, full U S tour in the spring. It's like mostly all of April. Um, that's, I mean, we have a few other things that I, that are like, I think are going to happen, but not fully confirmed yet. So I think that's basically the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, my memory is. Do you have a lot of, like, do you need people to get in touch with you about that? Like, do you have a lot of confirmations or are you still like looking for bookings? Yeah, we, we, we're like, we're like, I think we're like 99% on that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, just uh, keep it, keep a lookout at your, uh, your Instagram and stuff like that for that info. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, that's wild. Like, are you going out by yourself? Um, no. So we're going to be, we're going to be with party hats on some of the days, I think on like most of the East coast days. And then Numiers Ears, is going to be with us the whole time because it's like literally just one extra person. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so he's going to be with us just like, just to be there. Um, and then they're also playing some of the dates with us, like some of the Florida days. And then, um, like everywhere from Pittsburgh up until I think uh, Washington-ish. So, yeah, there's possibly going to be one other band with us. I'm still waiting on confirmation for that, but yeah. And that was my conversation with Kyle Schlenker. Thank you so much, Kyle, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks to all y'all for listening wherever you are as well. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash human machine and check out what's going on over there. Until next time, take care and do good things.